it's Hillary from Midriff. I want to welcome our newest podcast sponsor to the show, DistroKid. DistroKid helps musicians get their music on all major streaming platforms and artists get to keep 100% of their royalties, which is bonkers and amazing. Midriff listeners get 30% off at distrokid.com slash VIP slash Midriff. Again, that's distrokid.com slash VIP slash Midriff. Thanks so much. Hello and welcome to Midriff, the podcast about gender, music, and music gear. I'm your host, Hillary Jones. So I've been really excited recently because I've been playing music with a few people, which has been great. And I even played my first live show since the pandemic last week, which was uh, for Riot Rhode Island's Battle of the Patriarchy Rock Lotto fundraiser, which was uh, last weekend. And it ended up raising over $6,000 for their youth programs, which was fabulous. It was an outdoor show, which is always weird. And I know I could have played better, but it was just really fun to get out there again. And I'm very much looking forward to doing more of that. And I've also been playing with some other folks too. And since I've had to lug my pedal board around, it's basically just been sitting in my basement for two years. And since I actually had to move it, I had forgotten how much it weighed. I carried it to practice twice. And after that, I was like, nope no more i it's it's ridiculous it's bonkers <laughs> when i was in a band called whore paint a while back i was having pedal issues because i was running two boards that i'd made out of like thin cutting boards which was actually great the pedal boards themselves were great maybe i'll show them on social media at some point and that was fine but the cords were always exposed like i didn't have a good case for it something was always like coming off just a little bit who knew which one it would be? I probably was running like 12 pedals or something, which is what I'm running now. And I played a few shows where things were like so effed up that like it, you know, it held up the show for a period of time or like I just never got it working and had to like kind of make do with whatever pedals I could get to work. It was a mess. And I got sort of like fed up and was on this like really intense search for pedal board companies. And I reached out to this guy who was pretty new and he was looking for bands to sponsor. And this is maybe the only time I've ever done this, like actually reach out to somebody. And, and he said that he would make one for me, uh, you know, at a steep discount, but he was a little bit hesitant because of our band name, which in retrospect, you know, is kind of hilarious. And I guess probably fair if you consider yourself a family company, quote unquote, but you know, he ended up giving us, giving me this huge discount and I went all in and ordered like the fanciest custom pedal board I possibly could. It had Tolex wheels, it had like four inputs and outputs on each side. And, you know, I, but I think it actually weighed maybe more than my 212 Fender basement cab. It was just too much. So after realizing that I was actually going to have to move this thing again, I decided, and maybe it's because I'm 41, I don't know what it is. It was a series of things, but I decided that aluminum was actually lighter than wood, who knew, and ordered just a trusty pedal train and a little bag. And I still have 12 pedals, but the whole situation weighs maybe a quarter as much as it used to. It is a wild difference, and but it, it's, it's so much, so much easier. And, you know, I'm sad because it was, it's a beautiful board. But I'm sure it's going to make someone else, 
who is stronger than me, very, very happy. So go on, little board. Live your new life. It's going to be great. Speaking of pedals, today's guests are Matt and Carl, who you may know from Electro Foods Pedals, and they also play in a band together called Booklegger. And Electro Foods creates like just a ton of rad pedals, including the RBMK that I demoed a while back, and I've also done videos with their Pig Pile and Nepenthes pedals. I'm not even Nepenthes, Nepenthes. I'm actually not sure. I should have asked them. Here we are. I really appreciate their commitment to standing by their values as a company. And, you know, we get into that a little bit in addition to talking about how their pedals are built sort of to like help create the sounds that they want for their band, how they are actually living out their values in their actions as a company and their decisions about presentation uh, when you're non-binary. And if you know them at all, you'll be unsurprised to hear that we talk about PB because obviously we should. Why would you not talk about PB? We'll talk. We'll get into that plenty. But before we do that, I do want to mention this episode's awesome sponsors. First of all, we have Earthquaker Devices. In our episode, Matt and Carl, as many others have, specifically mentioned how influential Earthquaker has been in their approach to representation, which they have continued with their Hizumitas pedal, which is a signature for Wada from Boris, as I mentioned in the last episode. I haven't played one yet, but I am very excited about it. It is really cool and very specifically tuned to her personal and very rare elk sustainer pedal or uh, elk sustainer fuzz that seems like just a lot of fun to play. And of course, very heavy. If you've heard Boris, they also recently featured a pretty cool explainer for the differences between their reverb pedals, which also includes audio samples, which is super useful if you ever like, ah, I like them, I want to support them, I like their company, I like their pedals, but I and I need a reverb, but I just don't know which one to get because they've got like a million. Check it out. It will be helpful. Um, personally, I love their Ghost Echo, but I might need to expand my own reverb selection as well. So for Earthquaker merch pedals and more, check out EarthquakerDevices.com. I also want to thank Stompbox Sonic. Stompbox Sonic provides musicians with an extensive tonal palette for auditory exploration, specializing in effects pedals. They offer a curated collection of companies, large and small, some locally crafted, some assembled from around the world. Adam and Jen have been helping musicians and sound-based artists find their sound since 2009. By working collaboratively through one-on-one -on -one consultations, they do more than sell you a pedal. They ignite the creative spark to bring your music to life. They create a comfortable, judgment-free environment for all musicians where sonic experimentation is encouraged. And whether you play guitar, bass, trumpet, harp, roads, circuit bend, speak and spell, Stompbox Sonic will work with you to find the right pedals to fit your project. And it's their 12th anniversary, and they, for a short time, uh, have 12% off on their website. So you should check that out. Uh, I th you might only get that if you're on their email list, but pop on there, and I'm sure they'd hook you up. Check out stompboxonic.com for more. Last but not least, I want to thank Holcomb Guitars. Nick Holcomb builds beautiful custom guitars to your specifications and has a mobile guitar setup to do it as well, mobile guitar repair setup. That means he will actually just come to your house if you live in New England. I mean, you know, maybe not upper tip of Maine, but, you know, within a, within a fair distance of Rhode Island. Uh, either fixing your guitar on site or picking it up and dropping it off when you are done. So it's just it's so convenient. It's a really nice service to provide. And he does such a great job with it as well. And, you know, 
as as with our uh, folks that I've mentioned so far, it's really just nice to know that there is somebody that is sharing your values, who will work with you and not talk down to you when you're trying to get your guitar repaired, because that is such a common issue. And um, yeah, he's going to he can really help you out, whether it's a custom guitar you're looking for or a repair. Uh, definitely check out HolcombGuitars.com um, or follow him on Instagram at Holcomb Guitars. All right. As a quick note, I had a little bit of trouble with Carl's audio in the interview, and it cuts out a bit in a couple of spots, most notably at the very end, uh, just just for like a minute there. I did my best to make it make sense in editing. Sorry, Carl. He did say goodbye. Uh, but, but overall, it was a very uh, cool conversation, and I think you're really going to enjoy it. And stick around afterwards for seven ways music retailers can help support their customers with children. All right, let's get to it. Welcome to Midriff. Hey, glad to be here. Hey, so excited to have <laughs> you. We've been internet friends for some time, yeah. so I'm glad to be able to get yeah. to talk. This is really nice. Yeah, we were really, yes. really excited about this. Extremely. Yay, fabulous. <laughs> yes. So for folks who might not know you, can you introduce sure. yourself, your name, your pronouns, and a little bit about yourself and your background with the music? Yep. So I'm, I'm Matt McDonald. I use... Uh, essentially all pronouns and i'm a mechanical engineer by day i pretend to be an electrical engineer at night and i'm a musician and i basically i started playing guitar accidentally in college when i had a soundscapey poetry band because it went from being a band with air quotes to being an actual band at some point great yeah accidentally yes yeah (laughs) I get that. Yeah. I have a follow-up question for you about that because I heard you talking about this on another podcast because I do research and (laughs) I know uh, and I care both. I don't know. But I heard you talking about how you both were like in a poetry slam troupe or something, but then you were also in engineering and those two worlds being together, like it just kind of blew my mind a little bit. And I, I wanted to talk to you about the juxtaposition of those things. Yeah. So I, when I was in college, I fell into sort of the local poetry scene there that was had, you know, some folks from the college, but mostly was kind of a towny thing. It was kind of a towny thing. Mm-hmm. And it it was also really an offshoot of the poetry slam scene from Worcester in Massachusetts. Ah, that so, classic Worcester I, yeah, scene. Yeah, it's so random. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so folks from the Worcester slam scene who moved down to Delaware kind of revamped an already existing reading, ended up hosting it, kind of running it. And, you know, which eventually led to me going to the National Poetry Slam and the Individual World Poetry Slam representing Delaware and then eventually Philly once. But throughout, like, there's just a, a lot of weird, interesting, creative people there including the person who is now the bassist in our band. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, 
And so I, I became really good friends uh, with somebody at that reading. And we, we would do, after the reading, we would do exquisite corpses where like we'd all go to a bar and everybody would write a line and somebody else would write a line. And, but us being who we were, eventually one of those got two columns going side by side down the page. Mm -hmm. And my friend Nigel had just gotten a recording interface because he had a band and he'd been playing bass for mm -hmm. years. Um, and we're like, well, why don't we just like record this, you know? And then like that turned into uh, the weird soundscape project called iFanBlades. That's a fabulous Thank name. you. Yeah, we were very, so we were very happy with it. Um, <laughs> but how does, so how does, like, how, how do you live in both those spaces? That, because I feel like they're so potentially, they could potentially fight with they each could. other. They could, yeah. I mean, I always... But they exist within you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like... The way that I wrote poetry was always very much like I, I like there's this very incredibly particular thing that I'm trying to say. And so I'm to, I'm trying to, like, optimize the sentence. I'm trying to get all just the right words and just the Got right order it. to have all the right flavors yes. of meaning stacked on top of each other and the other resonances and sound how I want it to. And, you know, so like writing poetry and doing engineering were really similar for me. Okay, that actually makes sense using that description because I feel like that was very. I am married to a person who is a mechanical engineer. Ah. I've dated someone who was electric, electrical engineer. Like, I feel like I have this like idea of what engineering is, and, and I'm not putting them in a box. But I feel like there's this like perfectionist side that's very like <laughs> I like directions. Tell me what to do exactly, so oh. I can see how like mapping it on to like that okay. kind of thing. Yeah, I have and, the perfection yeah. perfectionist side, but I never want to do things. I, ne I like Got it. I want the instructions maybe as a reference point, but yeah. I'm gonna go do my own thing, right? Like Got I it. okay. So I started learning guitar. I played in standard tuning for exactly one day. And I went to Got tune it. my guitar. I couldn't remember it. I didn't feel like looking up what standard <laughs> tuning was. So I just made up a tuning using fourths and fifths that sounded good. Yeah. I mean, close yeah, enough. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm -hmm. So that makes sense. That makes sense. Anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I felt like I had, I, this is a burning question for me was like this poetry oh, yeah. slash engineering overlap. Yeah. So, I'm not so yeah. good at following nope, rules. I get it. Well, yeah. I think that works yes. too, because you're on the R&D team. So you're like, well, let me think at it from a different yeah. angle. Like you, you did all the A, B, C, D, right. but like we're getting yeah. a Q in here and that doesn't make sense. How do we either fix Q or make Q work? And so like that creative yeah. aspect of it works yeah, you know. that's definitely my wheelhouse for sure. Yeah, that makes sense. And the, the test, it's yeah. like you're testing, like that's yeah. And uh, and I, I, I mean, all of that approach applies to the pedals as well. Like everything we just said is totally, very yeah. clearly <laughs> related to how we make pedals. Yes, <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. I know you. I know you're very intricate, and what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. Attentive. <laughs> it's. I there's another word i can't uh, i mean i wasn't gonna say that but, yeah. you know. <laughs> i obsess about different things than other pedal builders but i'm definitely obsessive yeah all right so let's go back carl i don't think we formally introduced you so let's oh, let's, let's have so you introduce sorry. yourself no it's fine we're getting there yeah, we're getting okay. there all together as a no. team so <laughs> that's fine yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I can I, I can I can patiently my friend. I'm Carl. Uh, he him are my pronouns. I work in the medical field and in hospitals and uh, music. My uncle. I wanted to play guitar for a while. My uncle and my cousin, who I really looked up to, Travis, also played guitar. So I was like, I want to be like Travis. I want to do all the cool things that he does. 
And so I want to play guitar and begged my parents for birthdays and Christmas and never got one. And my uncle eventually found one in the trash and was like, yes, I'll grab this. And I'll like, there was no, the bridge was missing on it. It was like an acoustic with a, just a floating bridge sort of thing with the trapeze piece. So he just put a block of wood and cut slots for the strings. And that's the first thing I learned on. And then, you know, I saved up money and got an electric because that's what I really wanted to do. Wow. And my cousin Travis took me and I ended up with a PV. And that's how it all started kind of accidentally. I didn't think about this till years later when I like, you know, 15 years later and I got, a few more and I'm like, oh yeah. Like, <laughs> there we go. Like there we go. <laughs> oh, Peavy. Yes. We uh so listeners, we've had multiple conversations about PVs. <laughs> they tend to talk about PVs a lot. And because and it's because they came that's how they met, right? With yeah. PVs. Yeah, first conversation. And so yep. it all makes sense that, you know, it always comes back to PVs. And I do want to thank you very much because I got a PV Patriot recently and it has brought me great joy. Yeah. It's so they're, awesome. They're super yeah. fun. That's I like just my pickup guitar. Like it's it's yeah. always it's like downstairs near me and it's his his Patriot is the most comfortable guitar. Carl has it's like the best Patriot. So it just mm. like it felt cuz I had a Patriot too. Yeah. And I I actually I donated it uh to a friend's top surgery fundraiser. Um, oh, that's nice. It, yeah, which I don't regret at all, but I also wish I had but had you do it still. Miss it. Yeah, yeah, I do totally I miss it. Yeah. <laughs> you totally miss it yes. and i i'm always i'm like constantly on the verge of buying another one and i never quite do because i have too many guitars already yeah I don't really yeah know. it's they're so it's it's the neck is super comfortable yeah. they're not that expensive yeah. the one i have i was purposely waiting to have one that had a tremolo mm. and it's great because there aren't that many of them and i got it and now i'm just awesome. like i i love it so much i've been using it when i've been playing out or not playing out yes. but like practicing with folks yeah. and it's been a plus so yeah Yes. Awesome. So thank you for the recommendation. Because I was like, T60s are too heavy. T15s are short yep. scale. Yep. Help me. And you were like, Patriot. have you tried a Patriot? And I was like, no, literally I have not tried it a Patriot. Is. So there we go. And also there's like the PB Predator. But actually, now that I'm thinking about it, that's kind of a creepy name. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We used to sell those. when I with The shop that I worked at was a PB dealer. And we did sell those mm-hmm. a lot. But yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, it's a question. I do someday. I really want a PV Mystic. Oh my god, I've been wa- I have watch on those. <laughs> yeah, they're so good. Yeah. people do yourselves a little good and look mm-hmm. up the PV Mystic on Reverb because it's real nice. Yeah, I, it's a nice wild body shape. They're the they're, I I refer to them these days as the Steven Universe guitar. Like they mm-hmm. would they yeah. would like mm-hmm. it's the guitar. Yes. the Crystal Gems would play if they were a band. This makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so tell me about your current setup. So you're playing in a band called Booklicker, which is fabulous and heavy. Do you, it's, I, I know there's the doom, doom gaze is the like <laughs> yeah, genre perhaps yeah. that people might get sh- shoehorn you into, but you know. Yeah. I, uh, what, how would you want to talk about that? Yeah. So I, I, doom gaze, doom gaze is fine. I mean, it's clearly, it's clearly weirder than that also. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's not just one thing, but that's, yeah, you know. Yeah, but that's, uh, it's, it, it's in that flavor for sure. I mean, and the gaze standpoint, I mean, it, it so, okay. So I play at 79 PVT 60. It's one of the old ones, very early. The, the humbuckers are the one, the toasters without the rails sticking through. I had to replace one at one point and I actually emailed mm-hmm. Chip Todd 
and he had one from that era because he had to ask me like questions to figure out exactly Chip which Todd one it was. Being the, Chip Todd being the person who sort of like cr the creator of the T-Series. Yeah, yeah, he was the, yeah. Yeah, it was the mechanical engineer slash guitar guy who designed the T-60 for Hartley PV when Hartley decided mm -hmm. to start building musical instruments. So it was, it was just an ama you know, amazing that I could get another one. of. So I have like original pickups from the proper era and but i've rewired the whole thing so the pickups are wired in instead of the phase switch which is normally on the t60 mm -hmm. they're wired in series and that switch is a series parallel switch oh, so in the parallel yeah. mode mm -hmm. it's like standard t60 wiring when you flip it to series yeah. mode obviously the pickups are in series but the tone knobs and the coil tapping still works the bridge pickup volume knob becomes a master volume knob at that point huh and that but that's pretty that's much fascinating that's pretty much mostly yeah, so how that's I your use main it. Guitar. Yeah. I, yep. Okay. But being those pickups are loud in general, and then I play uh, very thick flat wound strings. The flat wound thing throws me for a loop. Why? I just don't. I, I would never even think to play flat wound strings. It just would never occur to me because I want everything to be brighter. <laughs> uh, I started so. So it goes back to Nigel, in that so he was a bassist for years, and so he was playing mm -hmm. flat wound strings. And I was trying to learn, and I didn't have calluses or anything. And he was like, well, just play with flat uh, wounds. It won't take, problem solved. Yeah, and so, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so I started doing that, and, and now I, I, like, I play in such a way that it's hard for me to play on round wounds because I'm, I'm very slurry with all of my movements. It's, and it sounds, I can see that. Yeah. it doesn't sound right on round wounds. So I'm, I'm stuck with the flat wounds. That's interesting because I had never thought about the actual function of playing, like because I play flat ones so infrequently. Like I never yeah. would think about that, but actually, it makes a lot of sense that you're able to scoot around a little differently, right? Yeah. As a result of that, yeah. Yeah. So, so, so we we haven't even got past the guitar yet. So that's the guitar. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's fine. It's a lot of any, and the guitar is tuned B F sharp, B F sharp, B C sharp, um, which is the book legger tuning effectively. Because basically, what I do wow. is I come up with a new tuning for every band I'm in. Yes. Anyway, so coming out of the guitar, <laughs> immediately goes to a splitter. So it's a JFET buffer splitter. So everything's mm -hmm. buffered all the time right after that pedal. And I let's see, do I still have the whole? Anyway, there's multiple multiple dirt pedals on each parallel stage, and on the sort of the because there's I'm bi amping, so I've got a guitar yes. amp and a bass amp basically, and on the guitar mm -hmm. side there's an always on pedal which used mm -hmm. to be our germ warfare and is currently an electronic audio experiments long sword with set with cool. no clipping and very, very low gain. So I'm mm. basically just using a long sword as an EQ, which is yeah. strange, but that's what I'm doing. And then several of our pedals in a row after that. And then the bass side is just an eye of raw into an Oprich. Mm -hmm. So again, mm -hmm. our pedals and then into two stereo delays and then two stereo reverbs whoa um and the second stereo reverb is always on so it's just a little bit of light reverb all the time yeah that's good yeah i mean it sounds huge having not seen you live which i hope i do get to <laughs> oh, see yeah, sometime that would be awesome be great to but play yeah, I can show only again in general yes i know god <laughs> it's been so long yeah, yeah. that'd be fun um, so so yeah so that sounds giant. Uh, your your cab. What, what's your amps or amp situation? So currently, I've been I've been using I have a I have an old PV standard 
that I'm using on the high side with Carl's Avatar 212, and I forget what speakers are in that. I think there's a Texas Heat and another Eminence PA speaker. I forget which one, but that's yeah, yeah, that's it. Okay. The rig was actually designed for the high side to be an alpha base into a two ohm okay. speaker or a two ohm mm-hmm. speaker cab. So it's like an oversized 412. Um, okay. And it had effectively two bass speakers and two guitar speakers in it. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's and the, very intense and loud. The alpha bass is a 6 by 6 l 6 tube amp. <laughs> it's like a rack mount 6 by 6 l 6 tube amp. Like, I, you know, whatever. Wow. It's very, I'm very strange. Great. Yeah. But I... The one, the one that we I, I used one in previous bands and there and it was great, but it wasn't mine. I was borrowing it for the entire time uh, I was in those bands. Well, so uh, we bought one for this band and I think we kind of got a lemon because I've had to fix it twice and it still has some oh. sort of intermittent issue, which is why I'm yeah. running the standard. More like a beta, if you ask me. Uh, it all makes oh, sense. Yes. Whoa, whoa. Yes. I, I, I don't it. know if that even makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah. That. So that's the high side. Um, but then on the low side, uh, it's an RB four hundred four, I think. Four hundred four. Sorry, the the fourth version. Four hundred. Yeah. It's, Wait. Oh, the fourth. Yeah, yeah, the fourth version. I was trying to remember. Yes. So for it's a galleon crew yeah, for those yes. who aren't familiar with it. Yes. The, yes. <laughs> so yeah. And then uh, it's a PV four ten base cab. Like the the mm-hmm. TVX base cab, mm-hmm. uh, we have a 412 by the way, which is like the 412 is one of the How best sounding <laughs> with back pain. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a but it's like the best sounding base cab. It's my favorite base cab, but we hate we absolutely hate carrying it up and downstairs, yeah. which we have no, to no. do to get to our practice space. Yeah, I had one of those. Uh, you know, one of the I don't was it what do you call that an eight? It's the 15 with the two tens. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, one of those eighteen ten, eight seven, something like it that. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Like though. Yeah, it was the worst <laughs> thing. Why? Why can't you just have the fifteen and the ten? They don't need to be together. Yeah, it's fine. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. I had a I had a two eighteen at some point, and that was that was a mistake. I yeah. never I never played a show with it. I like I bought it. And then it literally didn't fit in my car. And I like, yeah, uh, like it would have fit in the car, but I couldn't fit it through the door. Like I literally, <laughs> I checked the measurements to make sure it would fit in the car, but I, there yeah. wasn't a hole big enough on the car to get it in. So, you know, yeah. some things just aren't meant no. to be. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool. Thank you for sharing sure. that. That's yeah. No, I, I, I love a good buy amp setup. And yeah. I, because it allows you, I feel like a lot of flexibility, totally. even though it is more to carry. Oh, and I, <laughs> w- one particular detail that is important is that the, the 410, yeah. the speakers are Fitel Pros. I don't know about They're a weird, they're this Italian company and like all their speakers okay. are like a million dollars, except uh, a few of their 10 inch bass speakers, which are like is. dirt cheap. But as far as huh. I can tell, just as good as all the really expensive stuff. Weird. I think they're just like they're trying to break into the American market, and they're like, "Well, let's pick one to like pick super one discount, discount, reasonable." Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hmm. So the Fitel Pro 10-inch bass speakers, I highly, highly recommend. Yeah, that's a hot tip. Yeah. That's a hot tip. I think for the folks. 12s yeah. are like of hmm. the same series are literally like twice as much or something like that. I, I'm not gonna say literally. I don't know. I just, yeah, I, I remember that looking them up and being like, "Jeez, oh, let's just try get like a set." And I was like, "Nope, 
Nope, let's throw the twelves. Yeah. It's only two more inches. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, they go from. Okay. I, yeah, I think they were like fifty-three dollars a piece when I bought them. Bought yeah. the tens. I mean, that was a few years ago, so they're yeah. probably a little bit more expensive. They're probably up. I, I haven't looked, looked in a while, but somewhat recently, and they're still like insanely affordable. Yeah, and they're they're yeah. very excellent speakers. <laughs> I I love it. <laughs> uh, okay. All right, Carl. <laughs> Tell me your setup. Yes. <laughs> All right. So uh, I play drums in this band. Yes. And I just recently got a Ludwig uh, Superphonic. Ooh, nice. That's exciting. Yeah. Uh, 14 by mm-hmm. six and a half that I had been looking at and pondering over for quite some time. And I was in school and didn't want to spend money. Mm-hmm. And then I got out of school and decided that I was going to spend the money and get yeah. the thing that I wanted. And so I have that now. And it's great. It's one of the old ones, so it has like the um, the little dampener on the batter mm-hmm. head that I'm mm-hmm. really really into. I had a, our friend uh, let me borrow his. Oh, what's the other one? Uh, it's the same same shell, but it's the student model. Acrylite. Oh, I um, Not the acrylite. I don't even have a guess. Uh, so you're, you're, like you two are on your own for this. One. I, think, I think it's acrylite. Yeah. I said just said um, acrylite. Anyway, you really can't hear but, me. But uh, it has the same sort of s- setup and. Uh, <laughs> it had the, you definitely did yeah, just say that. The, uh, I heard it. I heard it. Thank you. But I had no idea if it was right oh, or not, so I couldn't help. Um, <laughs> that's what I, <laughs> listeners beforehand. We were talking about how Carl couldn't hear me, so it's not that it's not that he's oh, not man, listening. That would have made it so much easier. And I wish um, I would have heard. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's. Uh, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh, anyway, so yeah, so it's a it's like a it's like a taller version, basically of an acrylic. Yeah, it's it's a taller right? version I with think. two more lugs. It's a ten lug versus an eight. Yeah, mm-hmm. but an eighties one, so it wasn't like Perfect. crazy expensive like the seventies one because that's what Bonham played, and that makes it right. more money. Uh, right, because you know, yes, <laughs> yeah. So that uh, that's my snare, and then I have a D drum. I think it's the Dominion Ash Kit. I got it used, so I'm not really sure, but it's the same measurements as that one is. And I play that as a four-piece. It came as a five, but I don't what use the What are the measurements? Tom. It's a 14 by 14 floor tom, a 16 by 16 floor tom, and a 20 by 20 bass drum. And... Cool. And it's very green. That's what I know about it. What else? Yeah, I have a pair of... Uh, my hi-hats are 16-inch hi-hats. That's very large. <laughs> yes. They used to be 17s. Wow. Uh, I trimmed it down. I feel to like get... having that so close to your head, it would. It, that feels like threatening to my face, <laughs> having something that large that close to my head. I'd... You know what I mean? I don't know if that Mostly makes sense. Mostly the ears? But like having... it totally yeah, makes it sense. Is. Yeah. It's a lot. Totally Maybe the ears. Yes, fine, the ears. But like, it feels like a giant object. Anyway. Yeah. Yes. And, I, and I kind of, I keep them up high because yeah. we play slow and loud so i want to have like as much room with my left hand to you know hit the snare hit the snare yeah you know with enough force to be Mm -hmm. heard so it is it is set up a little bit higher too so yeah it's it's very close to my ears which is not great for my hearing wear earplugs um (laughs) but yeah it's a a rude peisty rude crash ride and a 2002 crash on the bottom and then a 22 inch pasty mm-hmm. i think it's the giant beat i always want to say it's the big beat but i think it's the giant beat and a 24 those are my crashes and then i have a 
<laughs> yeah, those are like crashes. Those aren't rides. Those are crashes. I know. I love it. I love it. I see where we're going. I see where we're going with this. Yeah, but so I feel like that's when you see, because the 24 inch, like that's the kind of size where you look at it and someone hits it and it's like you can watch it vibrate. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Totally. Oh, it does yeah. that. Totally. It's very aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. I don't and- know. So I, I love this conversation because I don't know anything about drums, but I love telling other drummers what Carl plays. I get so much joy out of that. There's a lot of weird looks oftentimes. They're just kind of like, yeah, I I start, I always start with the hi hats because like they're the most weird. And I also feel like it's like, well, left, I mean, right, like, Start with the snare. Yeah. Yeah. The ride so tell me about a, the ride. Is it like a 35 inch? Oh, yeah, the ride's inch a 20 or... inch. I was going to say 22. It's a, tw- it's a 20 inch. I think it's a 3000 oh, okay. power ride. Okay. So it's got a, I want a biggish bell with bell? a nice target yeah. and a nice yeah. ping. Because I like to yep. um, hit that as an accent through the rolls sometimes or just have it mm-hmm. as an accent periodically. But I also have it set at an angle where it's kind of uh, down facing towards the audience and up facing towards my face slightly because i crash oh, on it okay. more than i hit it like a ride like i don't use the tip of the stick it's, it's it. much more of a me crashing yeah. it sort of thing and with right and so that gives you a little more angle yeah and with the amount and frequency yeah. that i hit it when i use it it having that angle kind of makes it more even because if i had it f- more f- flat i would be hitting my knee because i also have everything Right, or hitting it against like the floor yeah. Tom I also or have my, my toms very low and flat, my snare very low and flat. Again, max yeah distance for bringing things down to to hit because I need yeah you know that time to get some momentum yeah. and volume out of it because we're <clears throat> in order to with compete with stacks. eight thousand amps and a yeah because the, yeah. the 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 yeah. base is yeah. a biamp rig too. We didn't so go it's through a lot. that. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, there's also broken up cotton balls in my toms uh, in the bottom that... on the resonant head because I want a very big. Oh, that's cute. Low I like that. <laughs> bump and huh. like stop. Like I just, I don't want a lot of ringing. Okay. So it goes once and then it kind of like settles. Yeah. There's a very like, I don't know. It sounds more, I don't know, uh, flat. And I, yeah, it, it helps. It helps quite a bit. I like that. I also, in my head, there's, like, you have, like, a whole, like, uh, you know, winter scene with, like, little characters of snowballs <laughs> in your in Yeah, your oh, that's adorable. I love it. Did, um, I did you say your snare? snare? You I don't snare. currently. With the new snare, I did have it in, oh, uh, it's in the toms. What did you say? But I did have it, I did say that I had it in toms, the snare. okay. Well, that's even better because then you can have like a different, you could have like a winter setup, like a whole like yeah. cityscape across your toms. <laughs> uh, if you haven't done that, I think it. it's a bit of concern. I love it. So yeah. we'll, we'll make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this is yeah. great. I love your setups. I want to see them live. And yeah, that's awesome. I love it. Yeah. So you obviously, the, part of the reason we're talking to each other is because you run a company called Electro Foods, which is fabulous, and you build amazing pedals. Thank you. And yeah, a slew of them, just a bunch of <laughs> fabulous yeah. pedals. So can you talk a little bit about the company itself? So like, yeah, the types of pedals that you focus on, and you know, maybe any direction that you're going in or anything like sure. that. Sure. Yeah, I, I think it's important. I, I, it's actually really good that we talked about the band and the rigs first as I think about it, because yeah, the way the pedal context. company started was really kind of trying to 
like we had this idea for this band with the biamp rigs and the whole thing and it was like okay well how do we how do we get this band to sound right and so mm-hmm. we kind of just started by making pedals to try to make the band sound right it was re- that makes sense yeah that was really how we started and so so carl pointed me at the harmonic percolator circuit and kind of blew my mind with that because I, I hadn't seen it before i wasn't aware of it and so we dug into that and you know uh, many many prototypes later that became the pig pile and i was looking for a thing a particular sound and i didn't get it from that so i went and screwed around and with like started over you know we're like okay this is great but it's not what i was looking for so that and then that became the eye of raw and then i was like okay well i guess i just need to go make a muff thing because i really like muffs and then <laughs> so that's where the oprich came from yep and so on and so forth so as you to answer your question more directly, although I kind of did indirectly, we mostly focus on dirt pedals. <laughs> yes. Well, that's part of my question because I, yeah. I, I love dirt pedals. Like, I feel like that's my, you know, people ask that question, like, well, if you could have one pedal, would it be yeah. like, I would, it would be some sort of dirt. Like, that's just what I focus on the most. Yep. Um, and I love other pedals too, but I, I was just curious because that is the main thing that you've been creating. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know if it was like an intentional thing or if you're like... Yeah, I mean, I think if you are, especially for the the situation that you're in where you're building things for yourself first, Mm -hmm. and then you're like, okay, it works for me. Yeah. Hopefully it'll work for somebody else if that's what you're working on. That makes sense. So, like, reverb, I'm very particular about reverbs and delays because my guitar is so loud. It's so ridiculously loud that it clips reverbs and delays even on the clean channel. Or, for instance, a tube screamer in bypass mode. Whoa. Yeah. (laughs) So, so like, you know, the... And I have very particular desires, right? So, so for your own stuff, for so you you're for the company. So obviously, you're you're doing this as like a side project right now. Mm-hmm. So it also makes sense that you would work on things that you're interested in. Would you be? Are do you have part- like any prototypes that you're working on or things like that that are going in a totally different direction, or is it kind of like you're yeah. focusing on this thing and that's the thing that you're like you're gonna you, you feel confident in or yeah we do actually have we do actually have uh de- some delay yeah. things on the the workbench right now Ooh. one of them yeah so there's, there's this really complicated delay path that i'm trying to get because what i really want to do with it is i want to make essentially the way that i use the two delays sometimes is that i have uh-huh. them set so that the timing is just slightly off I see. So you get, so at first it sounds like maybe one delay and then they get a little bit off and a little bit off and a little bit off. And it's almost like mm-hmm. a chain reaction, like expanding into lots of little delays. That It's like a math rock project. Yeah, yeah kind of <laughs> <laughs> built in. Yeah. Built into two delays. But I, but the thing I know that you could do is if they're inside the same circuit, you could kind of cross pollinate from one of those delay paths to the other in a couple of interesting mm-hmm. ways. And so I really, so I want to build a single delay that replaces both of my delays on that board, or at least replaces the way that I use them together. Yeah. Yeah, So I'm kind of working on another prototype that I think will end up getting used for something else. That is, it's a single delay working on that circuit to, and then once I have that circuit sort of perfected, then I can build it into the stereo version for that pedal. Got it. Okay. Well, if folks haven't checked out the actual pedals that you have so far, I think yeah. they should do so because there is a nice range. I feel like everything from like kind of like an always on sort mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, shaping 
stuff to like very heavy, intense, like distortion, uh, fuzz, I guess not even fuzz. What do you it call does. it? I don't know. It's, I mean, I would say we hit all of those things. You hit all the things. Yeah. Yeah. And even the, uh, even and the really, the, the really nuts ones, like the, the Oprich is, you know, I think the highest gain pedal we make mm-hmm. by far. And even that one can be tamed. Because there's a yeah, because you have a lot of function, like, yeah. like you have a lot of flexibility within each pedal, so you could do a less intense thing even with a more intense pedal. Exactly, yeah, and and yeah. that one, the clean blend goes through like a yeah, it's not totally clean straight out of the guitar. There's a little bit of mm-hmm. compression on it and a little bit of stuff on it, a little bit of extra harmonics. Mm-hmm. So the the Oprich Nikki actually makes a great clean boost. Look at this, people. <laughs> Check it out. Yeah, all this time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there's yeah. a they gotta have lots of lots of flavors or or uh, colors on the palette, right? I have like I I'm usually running with like at least four gain stages. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's exactly you gotta have the dynamics. You gotta right. Have some right. options. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. People, you know, there's you, know, you gotta have options. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about your experiences around gender identity okay. and gear. Can we talk about that for a little bit? Sure. So how has that showed up for you in your experience so far? It's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's been interesting because, like, I've, uh, I was just starting to, like, approach, like, hey, I think I'm non-binary right around the time Carl and I met in 2013. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's been a whole progression through that and and i got to like you know like even with the pedal company like it started to be like okay well like how am i going to present myself like i i'm perhaps mm-hmm. way more conscious than i need to be about how i'm presenting with the pedal company and like what i want to do mm-hmm. right and i and i'm i'm still not out at the day job I was kind of like, okay, well, I'm going to be a little, little on the down low about this for a while. And then I was kind of like, I just don't want to do that. Like I want to represent, like I want to, you know, be the non-binary representation that I want to see in the world effectively. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I started, you know, I was kind of like my approach now, both with the band and with the pedal company is like, is to just kind of do what I want to do. And if people at the day job, see it, people at the day job, see it and like, whatever. Um, Yeah. So, yeah. So, but even, even then, like, you know, I got to like for before the pandemic, we were doing like these pedal pop-ups, right. Where like, we'd get a bunch mm-hmm. of pedal companies to like show up in Philly at a bar and like, we'd all table with our demo boards and, and, you know, and just like figuring out like, okay, how am I going to dress for this event? Yep. So yeah. much thought into that. Right. And I'm sure now, mm-hmm. two years later, you know, I like having just started HRT in early September, mm-hmm. like I would make different choices than I did two years ago, but I made the choices that were right for me at the time, you know, and it, it's, yep. you know, so it's, you know, I've obviously been more and more forward about it over the years. And like we did a, we did a happy non-binary day post like two years ago mm-hmm. and was like, Hey, here's stuff and info about non-binary, but in the, like the comment underneath that, on the post, I didn't specifically say it was referring to me for the first one, mm-hmm. but I definitely did for the second one. Right. So it's mm-hmm. like, I'm, I'm just growing and being more comfortable being that forward about it. And have you experienced pushback from folks? For the most part, not 
actually. It's a, mm -hmm. it's actually been really really great. I, you know, and it's always it's like I've in, I've internalized so much of it that I it's so totally. hard to tell where it's coming from. Yep. Like is it is it really is this really a thing that I have to worry about or is it all just in my head and like I know there's a real component of it somewhere, right? Like I've Yeah. I literally, <laughs> uh, yeah, slight tangent here. So I was, I got, a, I was on a date, uh, last summer and I got out of my car. It's like socially distanced date in the park kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, Hey, I haven't seen each other in person in like nine months. Like let's yep. sit on opposite sides of a park bench for an hour. Anyway. So I get back and I'm walking from my car down my street in a cute dress and somebody essentially comes through the stop sign, slams on the brakes, and then immediately gets rear-ended. And then jumps out Whoa. of the car and starts yelling at the person who rear-ended them, like, did you see what this dude is wearing? Uh -huh. And I'm just like, you know, like head down, like get me the fuck yeah. out of here. Yeah. Um, oh, so like yeah. I've had a few experiences like that, but not a ton. And but it's like, even if you haven't had the experience, it's yeah. like you are a person in the world who has experienced how the world person right. and by the, the world, I mean the U S where we live yeah. perceives gender. And Absolutely. You've had those messages your entire life. Yep. So it's like, even if you haven't personally experienced them, you know what that is. Totally. Totally. So, you know, but for the pedal company, I think it, I, I don't really think of the world at large. I think about the community that we are a part of more than anything. Yeah. And you know, it's like when we make non-binary day posts or whatever, like there's like f absolutely like, overwhelming majority of the response is very positive and exactly what you would hope for. And then there's right. a couple of people who are, are uh, it's like, we've, I don't think we've ever gotten like a, just a straight up trolley post. Right. Mm -hmm. But we've gotten people who are just missing the point and yeah. being argumentative over nothing, mm -hmm. you know? So uh, like, I would say the overall overwhelming majority of it has just been positive in this community, mm -hmm. which I, I'm thankful about. But I'm also like, I'm only recently, you know, like, let's see what happens when I wear a dress at the next pedal pop-up whenever that happens. Right, right. So, yeah, I mean, the fact, I think part of the issue is that it's like, you have to think about it so much, right. like occupying yeah. all this space in your totally. brain, which is a lot, right? Like, it's, it would be nice to not have that pressure. For sure. Even if it's internal, but the internal pressure is coming from a potential external force. Yeah, right? totally. Yeah, and my and I've had some interesting experiences very recently, actually, because my partner is a burlesque performer in Philly um, mm -hmm. who hosts a monthly show. And, like, that community, as you might expect, is just incredibly warm and welcoming. And so, like, and I've, so I've gotten the opportunity to just, like, get super dressed up and super dolled up and, like, go to these shows, you know, since everybody got vaccinated. And it just like I was in a place before the pandemic where I was just starting to get to wanting to do that. Mm -hmm. And then everything shut down. And then so I had kind of a year and a half to two years to just kind of simmer on what I want out of that. And yeah. now I've really been getting to just go express that as, as you know, with, like turn with the volume turned up to 11. Uh, and nice. it's just been really, really, really fun and really nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Have you... I guess my other question related to that is like how what have what issues have you all seen related to like masculinity within the within the gear scene? How do you see that show up? 
I don't know. I think in a, in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. And I think over the last few years, it's gotten a lot better. And I think the people that we surround ourselves with and the, mm-hmm. and we've been kind of vocal about stuff from the beginning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wasn't always forward to, to be clear. I wasn't always super forward that I was non-binary and trans femme and stuff, yeah. but like we were always really yeah. forward about our I mean, politics our... in general. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so, you know, so I think a lot of people kind of, at least our interactions, a lot of them are over the internet. And so a lot of those people that we interact with or comment or send us messages about stuff are for the most part, people who are already in and down with that because we're very much like very, you know, we we Mm -hmm. present that and we're outspoken about it. And so I think we we're in a somewhat insulated position in that, in that regard to a degree, which I, I like that we have that, yeah, that community I, aspect and that I think that's true. We post stuff like that about non-binary day. It's so nice to see. And I'm right. just I'm kind of you know, when we did it, I'm like, Yeah, oh, where are the trolls? Are or, the trolls or even like the places up, we donate please to. Don't, or just like please say something right. so stupid that everyone just laughs at you. You know, sort of thing. And and like Matt said, for the most part, we really haven't gotten that. And I you know, I know that that's not the case mm-hmm. maybe for it at large you know i worked in a guitar shop for years and i certainly i certainly saw it and i think the shop where i was at and the people that i worked with tried to be really good about that stuff yeah where anytime someone came in we assumed that they're looking to buy something and they know what they're talking about and they might need our help because we are nerds about stuff Mm -hmm. but we'll let that come up when it comes up and it doesn't matter who they are or what their background is. Yeah. I feel like there wasn't a lot of the like, Oh, is this for your boyfriend or husband sort of thing? Or at least, I mean, right. Right. We've heard some of those stories from like other shops in the region though. Yeah. You know, there's definitely some that are good and some that aren't. Yeah. Right. Right. And some, some of them that aren't, aren't necessary in some cases, the, the ones that you might've heard of outside of Philly too, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's it, it's interesting because one of the things I've been thinking about lately, so like obviously masculinity shows up a lot of different ways, but one of the things I've been thinking about is how power and control shows up in the gear community mm. because in, to some degree like this obsession around like controlling your sound, it's almost like you're trying to gain control through manipulating sound. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, and and music in general is just like you're you're trying to give other people an emotional experience. Yeah. Right. So there's a you're, there's a connection there that can feel a little bit like control if you if you think about it that way, I guess. Yeah, you're like you're manipulating them into yeah. like through the music that you're creating, manipulating them into having this emotional experience. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't know why this is just just recently something I've been thinking hmm. about, and I don't yeah. know whether that's a thing or not, but it's it was something that occurred to me, and I. I'm curious about the connection there with regard to like expectations for power dynamics, I guess, with mm-hmm. regard to like masculinity. And I've re-listened to the, your episode with Amy Mills a couple times, actually. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that she said that has really stuck with me was the whole, like the juxtaposition of, or just, just embracing femininity in general and softness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And but being able to juxtapose that with playing really heavy, aggressive music, because holy right. crap, yeah. I'm such a big couch slot yeah. fan now. <laughs> Amazing. After, They're great. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. 
And so, and so like the, you know, just seeing Amy Mills on stage with like, you know, this just gorgeous, long flowing dress. It's like light pink. That burns. (laughs) It's just like that burns 12 string or whatever. It's just like, Oh yeah, yeah, that's, that's yeah. So I haven't, I haven't done, I haven't done that yet. I've definitely, I've definitely played book legger shows in a lot of more, more gender neutral and, you know, certainly some, some like, uh, gender fuckery sort of outfits, but I've never gone and just been like the way that I go to these burlesque shows and the way that I get dolled up for that. I've right. I've never gone out and played a book legger show like that. And that's, mm-hmm. it's going to, you know, like, it's going to be a thing that, like I, I definitely want to at some point and I'm going to, but yeah. I will certainly be overthinking it. <laughs> like we talked about, you know, yeah. like it'll be, I'll be yeah. super in my head about it. I mean, I think, I think again, and and maybe this is part of just like the insular part of like who we surround ourselves with. I, I think that a lot of that might be, you know, a lot of that right. might, you know, again, like the shows that we play and the, the bands that we play with and the people that are going to hit us up and say, Hey, do you guys want to play a show are going to be people mm-hmm. who are, who know and are cool with that sort of thing. Not that that controls everyone who shows up and I'm not trying to, to yeah. right. downplay those interactions for, for, for Matt, you know, I, or anyone else or yeah. anyone else because yeah, I, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cause we're like, like you're saying, we're more insulated at, at right. from it than right. a lot of people so, would be, you know, and uh, I don't know. I, I think I have maybe more optimism for that because of some of those things. Then, yeah, maybe if we were in a different scene with in the we knew different people, you know, who might not be as open, you know, I mean that. Yeah, 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 and it, well, and I can t- I can tell like some of us just living in Philly, right? Living in a metropolitan right. area, right? Like I actually commute outside of Philly for the day job, and it's like it's not that far away, but it's far enough away. It's yeah. a different world <laughs> out there. Uh huh. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense too, and it, and I do think that there is this. There is this way that like, you know, thinking about the power of of gender and how that shows up in heavy music mm-hmm. is something real. Yeah. You know, totally. It's real. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and even yeah. I mean, like there there's so much so much about being in a band that has an aesthetic, right? Like punk, mm-hmm. like you can dress punk rock, quote unquote, or with like whatever. Right. And heavy music has cultivated that for, you know, for decades. Yeah. You know, you know, I guess it's neither right nor wrong. It just is right. It just there's heavy music aesthetic all over the place. And a lot of it is really, really masculine. Yeah. I mean, like thinking about a lot of the like metal imagery mm-hmm. of like people getting their heads chopped off and like, you know, whatever, like <laughs> that kind of thing. Like yeah. that's not what you're you know, that's not the, the yeah, it's a, it's a, bands that you're in, but it's like adjacent. You know what sure, I mean? Sure. Totally. It's like. Yeah, it's because I know a lot of people who are like both into, you know, I'm trying to think of examples now, really into neurosis, also really into cannibal corpse. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, (laughs) right. Sure. And there's like a because there's it's not the same thing. They're very different. Yeah. But like there is like that similarity of totally of the heaviness, which brings it all together. Totally. And I do absolutely adore neurosis, though. (laughs) Same here. No, no. I I like I'm into neurosis. That's not I'm not. No, no, no. I I know. I just since it came up, I couldn't let that go without saying so. (laughs) I I wanted to put my vote in for neurosis. (laughs) Exactly. Everyone should listen to neurosis. Yeah. (laughs) I third that emotion. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) But, you know, but like. Yes. 
having those spaces where it's like neurosis is a thing, cannibal corpse is totally. a thing. This is the, you know, if you like heavy music, you might like both. That there is the masculinity that is oftentimes presented through those spaces to varying oh, degrees. Absolutely. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's there. Yeah. That's all, I guess, you know. Um, and even, I mean, even neurosis is, it's a ridiculously masculine band. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's so much, there, yeah, it, there's so much of that in there. And honestly, like as, as much as I love them, sometimes I wish there was a little less, but that is totally, <laughs> but that's okay. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's totally their wheelhouse and that's fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's interesting. So I guess one of the other reasons why I was interested in talking to you about this topic is because I feel like you all do a pretty good job of being clear about your values and like as somebody who I, I spend a lot of time working with companies on like creating their mission and values. And so like going to your in website and seeing that you already have those written out was like awesome. And you're very clear about it both on your website and on your social media. Like, thank you. <laughs> let me pull it up. I'm, I'm curious. Let me pull it up here. Yeah, I think it's on the, the about page, the mission statement in there. All right. So you have your, it says your mission. So it says include everyone. So it says we stand for a more diverse music scene. We stand with women, uh, people of color, LGBTQIA plus folks and marginalized groups in general. We will continually put our time, money and the, and platform to work toward this mission. Important. We have zero tolerance for hate or discrimination. If you are a white nationalist, Nazi, misogynist, homophobe, transphobe, proud boy, or any other flavor of regressive, dip, gr- regressive dipshit, <laughs> yeah. fuck off. Please um, buy someone else's pedals to make your shitty, boring music. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I guess that's yeah. pretty clear cut. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty clear. Uh, and those are the first two that you listed. Yeah. Um, and then you're like, create great pedals, stand by our product, stand with our peers. <laughs> but, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But those are the first two that you mentioned. And I feel like a lot of folks are nervous to put that front and center, you know, to be that clear about. Yeah. I mean, like, I I think that people like people are scared to I mean, to be honest, like it helped that this was a side venture. Right. Like we weren't trying to. That was my follow up question. Yeah. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. we weren't trying to live off this. Having said that, mm-hmm. I, you know, having had this experience of the last few years, like, I don't, I think this is the way I'd do it, even if I was trying to live on it. Right. Mm-hmm. Because y- you can, you can try to play it safe and be in the middle of the road. Right. Yeah. And you won't scare people away, but nobody's going to feel connected to it. And if you're really, really in the middle of the road, then every, you're going to be suspect on both sides. Right. Yeah. And this is like clear. And it, I feel like, <laughs> I guess my my follow up question to this is like how I I see you operationalize this in a few different ways. So it's like, uh, but I want to you to describe like so you have yeah. this as your mission. How do you live it out in your like in the actual work and in the things that you do and in the way you present yourself? Yeah, I mean we. There's I'd so say things. it's probably a few things. <laughs> and, There's a lot. And Carl probably will come up with a couple more because the <laughs> this is the kind of question I always miss stuff in. Yeah. So there's certainly, I mean, certainly like every pedal run we do, we, we donate at least $10 from every pedal. And a lot of times it's even more than that. Um, or like the, you know, the recent run of RBMKs, we donated kind of all of the proceeds after just paying for the parts and stuff. And, you know, so we, we choose causes specifically that center marginalized groups and center, you know, like oftentimes kind of particularly zeitgeisty things that are going on, but like the causes mm-hmm. that we believe in that, that we think are super important that like, you know, we, we want to, we want to have the money to support. And so that that's how we generate yeah. it. 
So that's one thing. I mean, the other thing is I think we're we're always looking for, you know, like one of the it, it's weird. Like we we are the pedal company, but we, you know we don't we don't do our own demos, right? So we got to find mm-hmm. other people to do our demos, and so like trying mm-hmm. to find people to demo pedals that aren't just you know cis straight white dudes, mm-hmm. like yeah. you know specifically trying to find people who aren't that. Right. Uh, yeah. So that's two. Yeah. Carl, help me out. <laughs> Donations. <laughs> uh, the people that you're choosing to to uh, demo your pedals. Yeah, which end up sort of becoming the face, you know, some of the, the face of the yeah. company in a, a little bit of a way. Mm-hmm. For sure. I, I think also, I mean, along with the, the donation thing, I think a thing that, that sticks in my head whenever I talk about it is, you know, put your money where your heart is. Totally. And, mm-hmm. and that's, that's a thing that really, for me, it, you know, like, and also put things in action. Like, that's important because we could put that on our website and do what a lot of other companies are doing and not really be representative in, in a way or outspoken. So it's also like putting things into action and, you know, that's, that's important. We can say stuff and that, that's something that's not nothing, but there's, there's power behind action. And I think that's a super important aspect of it. Um, With the people that we've met and, you know, whatnot, you know, when we can, we try and uplift and like repost and share stuff from people who might not be just, you know, white cishet dudes, which, you know, we know a lot of those people too. And we like a lot of what they do, but, Mm -hmm. you know, I think we try to be supportive of those people who don't fit that little, you know, that who who don't fit those titles. And I think that's important to do again, like a a community type thing. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I think we're, we're more likely to offer like discounts or like yeah. you know hey you want to just like we'll mail you the pedal and if you don't like it send it back kind of stuff with <laughs> with people who yeah. aren't you know don't fit those molds yeah. right like it, some of it's just about access right because like right like our pedals at the end of the day they're freaking expensive right like I, I i i you know i've i've managed to be able to build pedals for myself instead of buying them most of the time mm-hmm. and i'm glad because i like i'm i wouldn't spend that kind of money as often, you know, I, I wouldn't spend it very often at all. Like I, yeah, I haven't spent more than a few hundred dollars on any of the gear that I own on any single yep. piece. So, yeah. And so, so providing access, yeah. thinking about representation, donations, so like putting your money where your mouth is yep. thinking, I guess thinking yep. about the partnerships that you're in yep. all of that. Yeah. And it's, so I feel like having this like, mission you know these values listed on your website allows that to be clear when you're making decisions about how you're going to do stuff totally right yeah so i don't know i I think it's very cool that it's there and it's helpful i'm assuming for you in making those decisions too oh yeah and i I think even if we i'm glad that we expressly state it but i I think even if we didn't we would you know we'd still be operating on much the same yeah same way, because that's... It's that's, just us. That's us. That's just how we'd operate just, anyway. We're just yeah. us, and, uh, you know, and that's just, you know... Yeah, that helps because we're just two people who... Yeah. I pretty much just agree on most things regardless anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if if there was, like, if there were more people involved and, 
you know, it was just a much more complicated organization as most companies that you work with probably are. The mission statement would be a more important guiding beacon, I think. Yeah. For for us, yeah. the mission statement is just kind of us anyway. So. Yeah. Well, I assume that you were probably doing all those things before you wrote them down. But for some people, I feel like, yeah, yeah. It, it's just nice to like be like, oh, here it is. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> Do you have a question about what we are? <laughs> yeah. 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 It's so. really, yeah. We're, it's I, I'm very glad that it's very forward for everyone else. Right. And it because yeah. it that means that we can make a non-binary day post where I talk about being non-binary and we don't get a lot of troll comments because those people unfollowed right. us years yep. ago. For sure. Yep. And yep. I mean, sometimes when we do that make makes a ton of sense. posts about that or other issues, we get people and we lose people and whatever. And they might not have, you know, they might have just signed up recently and not seen whatever and they saw it and they're gone and I, we don't care. It doesn't, because at the end of the day, it's not very many people. And yeah, even no. if it was, mm-hmm. I just, we, yeah, I think we still wouldn't care. But I think a lot of it is, is because. And, but again, I think I, mean, <laughs> no, we I don't mean to care. say like, well, it's about the followers <laughs> and the money or whatever. No, it's like I think I think the reason that is is because we've always been very forward about it and always been very um, vocal about it. So you, if you follow us and yeah. you don't see anything for a few weeks, like. By the time you've seen like four or five of our posts, you've probably, if you're one of those people that's going to disagree with us about stuff that are part of our core values, then you, if you haven't seen it in that time frame, then like you're probably on board. Yeah. 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 Sometimes when people unfollow me, yeah. I'm like, good. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's yeah. like getting clearer about like who you want yeah. there. Totally. You know, it's, yeah. yeah and I, I think, know. yeah, I, it's just not being afraid to lose a couple people that you didn't mm-hmm. really want anyway. Right. Right. Yeah. They'd be like, okay, that's yeah. fine. Yeah. <laughs> Glad we're clear. Yep. Uh, yep. <laughs> so, so we're kind of closing into the end here and I'm wondering if there are like, if you were speaking to other folks in the industry who, you know, are making decisions about things, how, how the industry works, how their products work, whatever it might be, uh, could be manufacturing, could be retail. What would you, what kind of change would you want to see made more broadly like what what kind of things do you want to see yeah i mean i i just i I love seeing gender expansive folks just represented places Mm -hmm. and that's there's like representation is getting a lot better in a lot of media but that's one of the places that i think is lagging behind yeah so you know that's always that i because i love it so much when i see it and because it but that's because it's partly so rare right it just doesn't come up much yeah but more than it used to, which is great. So yeah, yeah gender expansive folks, like focusing on like all the stuff that we do, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. Like put your money where your heart is, you know, like, because gear is expensive, right? And so like the access is a huge issue. And I like yeah. being able to like see, like if I saw like a guitar company focusing on like making sure that like black and brown people could actually get access to their very expensive very high quality guitars uh, you know like that would be that would be great yeah yeah that's gonna it's gonna mean a lot exactly yeah 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 carl did you want to add anything to that um i i think that's most of what i would i would say as well as you know representation is is super important and i think that's a, a really good step and can make your values very clear to people mm-hmm. And I think, you know, that's a really good way to go about it. You know, there's a lot of brands that have been doing this and 
you know, there's there's guideposts. I it's been said very many times on here, you know, Earthquaker. Yeah. Even before we started, we saw them and it's just like, whoa, that's different. And it's it's great. Again, I think kind of because <laughs> yeah. it was, you know, so different seeing that that it wasn't there before. And I always knew it wasn't, but then when you see it, it's it's this big like, yes, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, it can be like this. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And I you know, I think, you know, Fender also went through and did they spent a ton of money on research that you know probably could have figured out. <laughs> Wait, you're focusing on only yeah. half the population of Earth. If you tried to maybe not focus on right. just, or not even that half, because it's all just you know, yeah, yeah, white dudes, right? Yeah. Um, that maybe if you tried to be a yeah. little yeah. bit more and like, I, I think one of the things that f- that for me and maybe I hadn't realized, and you know, I think this is maybe the younger generation coming up or maybe it's just a more vocalizing was like one of the things that they found that was something that was eye-opening to me is that most people starting a new instrument don't want to be rock stars they just want to play music and there's something mm-hmm. so yeah right having that realization and then putting that into your marketing is great but there's also just something so freeing and great about that in general like people doing art is an amazing thing and you don't have to do it for a living for it to yep. totally great part of your life yeah 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 it's valuable in and of itself exactly yeah yeah Yeah. and i think that's that's a super important thing like i think you know i worked in a guitar store for a long time and there were sometimes people would come in and they'd play a bunch of different stuff and they'd be like well i don't know if i'm good enough to buy this thing and it's like it it doesn't matter if you're good enough for it like is it a thing where you, you think it's too much money that's 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 and that's fair some of this stuff is is very expensive, right? But like mm-hmm. to think, well, I'm just going to sit at home and play this, you know, once a week. It's like, so, like, does it bring you joy and does it like put you in a good headspace? That's beautiful. Like, buy that thing right. to do that. Like, that's it. Doesn't need to be like this right. huge perfectionist thing, you know, um, in order for it to be an important part of your life and something that helps you feel better about stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think like that can exist in two spaces, right? It's like, you don't need fancy gear to do what you want to do, but also yeah, like you don't have to have these like wild desires of rock stardom or a professional music career in order to, you know, do what you want to do and use the things that you want to use to create the sounds you want to create if you're able to. So yeah, yeah, I think it's both. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. People get wrapped too much around trying to do things the right way. Mm -hmm. Saying that as a guitarist who doesn't know any of the things that normal guitarists. I was going to say, I was like, what's your tuning again? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I, you know, and so like my solos sound weird. They don't sound like anyone else's solos. Right. And I, you know, I, I, I love that. Mm-hmm. I, I still have to do it 47 times to get one I like. But <laughs> Exactly. But I, you and everyone else. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Just because they're, they're weird and different doesn't mean I'm any less obsessive about it. Yeah. <laughs> um. So what are what are you all working on right now? Is there anything you're particularly psyched about, either like with the company or with the band or anything else coming up? We we are working on a song with the band yeah. that we were we've like some pieces of it were probably written 
five or six years ago. We were, wow. we were very slow with the writing of songs because they, they end up, yeah. they're long and they have like many parts in them. Uh, and it's like each song is a record. It's fine. Yeah. It's kind of like that. And cause we, and we yeah. get like, there's lots of dynamics changes and just like transitions and nailing dynamics changes is so hard. Yes. And so, so we like spend lots of time getting there anyway. So we were like, just like, okay, let's get, we finished this record. Let's get back. And we played some shows. Let's get back and work on right. Finishing this song that we've been working on forever. And then the pandemic happened. We didn't play together for 19 months, you know, and mm-hmm. we've, we've had like two practices yes. recently and kind of getting back and working on it. And we're, I don't know. I'm excited. I'm excited to record that. And I'm excited to record something when it's not an entire album. So, just, <laughs> so we don't have to spend forever recording it. That's a lot of, yeah, it's a lot yeah, of pressure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we, our album, where does it clock in, Matt? I think it's, is it an hour or around an hour? 56 okay, minutes, yeah. I think. Yeah, it's a well, little like over that, an hour. That was a large undertaking. It's not like, and, and I'm not saying that, you, you know, if you yeah. have a shorter thing, it doesn't, take that amount of effort or time. I don't know. It was just, it was, it was a very big undertaking and it went on for it, months. It went on I, for months. I think we months. did it the right way. I think it worked for us the way we, we had a strategy and we, we figured it out. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm also very, very excited to put the finishing touches on that song. We're, we're, we're really getting there and that's, it's super exciting, especially after it being so long, so long, so, long. so, so long. Yeah. <laughs> So there, yeah, yeah so there's that there's the, the delay boards yeah. that we're working on um there's, we we have a couple other things in the works that we can't really talk about um circuit wise so there's some yeah i will i will say that the the main r&d things that are on the bench only one of them can be described as a dirt pedal wow you heard it here first. I'm trying folks. to remember which one that. Maybe you didn't hear it here first, but you heard it here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I'm very excited to to hear what that's going to sound like. What's what kind of cool stuff is coming up your sleeve? I don't know how yeah. to, that. That's not even the right way of using that term, but that's fine. <laughs> uh, I I thought it was fine. I w- you know what I meant. Yeah, you know totally, what I meant. Totally. Well, regardless, you all make amazing pedals, and Thank I'm you. very excited about them, and I'm excited about you and your company and your band, and hopefully I get to see you play or we can play together sometime. Yeah, yeah that, that would be, be amazing. Amazing. So can you give people a way to stay in contact with you? Sure. Yeah, so for the pedal company, our Instagram is is definitely best. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sitting down and talking with me today. This has been, uh, I feels like a long time coming, so it's nice to get you. Yeah. Yeah. This is really great. Absolutely. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. That was a lot of fun. So great to talk to Matt and Carl. Definitely check out the show notes to learn more about Electro Foods. And if you like heavy I highly recommend you check out their band, Booklegger, as well. So last weekend, I had to go to Target, which led me to a suburban retail plaza that happens to also contain, in this case, a large guitar shop chain. I figured that since I was there, I'd pop by and just take like a peek to see if they had anything interesting used or anything like that. And I stumbled upon this like Pepto-Bismol pink Damnation Audio Ugly Twin, which I had never tried before and wanted to check out and you know all this is very regular so far right nothing seems out of the ordinary just gonna go try out a pedal the only issue was that my five-year-old was with me so the salesperson 
set me up at the pedal station and everything was fine, except at this point, my five-year-old was getting very patient, impatient. And, you know, we'd already been there for maybe 10 minutes, maybe, maybe even 15. And for a five-year-old, 10 minutes is a very long time. And, you know, of course, picked out a guitar. It was out of tune. So I had to like take a minute to tune it, which I proceeded to do with my child literally hanging from my neck. He continued to alternate between hanging on me and then like asking when we were going to be leaving for maybe about like five minutes as I was able to sit there with the pedal while I was mostly unable to really focus on how it sounded or how the controls worked or anything else. And, you know, this is not an ideal situation for me. And it's not an ideal situation for the company who could have potentially made a sale if I didn't feel so distracted and brushed. And I don't think this is like this particular company. I think this is just like most retail establishments, you know, music related and beyond, right? Like this is not necessarily even just a music issue, but this is the way it's coming out here. I've discussed here a number of times that like, despite the fact that I have a lot of like complaints about the treatment I and many others experience in music retail spaces, I really do love them and I appreciate the community that they provide. But like as a parent, the time that I have to myself to just go to a shop is very small. Like maybe a couple of hours per week that I have of my own at all, at all, let alone to go to a shop. So my, my son's father and I are together and so we only have one child and work standard office hours of nine to five-ish. We're both self-employed. You know, it's, it's, we do have some flexibility, but, you know, there are expectations to be working at certain times. And while, you know, we're making up for the extra three to 5 p.m. times in the evenings uh, and on weekends. So, like, you know, after school times, like, <laughs> most people expect you work till five. We have to take, make up that time oftentimes on the weekends or in the evenings. Anyway, overall, we are very lucky to, to have that situation, more flexibility than most people do. For non-parents, um, overall, though, like the schedule that I'm describing might not mean much, right? So, you know, but for parents, you know that that 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. time frame is the only time you'll see your kid most of the day, assuming they aren't busy in some sort of like sport or lesson after school. And during the week, that's also the only non-work time that most music stores are open. And some close even earlier at say like 6 p.m. And so in order to drive there in what might be the worst traffic of the day, assuming you have a car, you'd be there for about 15 minutes or so, right? Depending on how big your city might be, uh, and how bad the traffic is. If it's a larger store with longer hours, you might have an hour after bedtime to pop over there. But let's be real, if you're like me, you are probably too exhausted to do so at that point. So everyone's situation is different. I, I just, you know, very clearly. But for us, we usually spend like, you know, one weekend morning doing family stuff, like hike, I spend usually a couple of hours one day during the weekend either working or practicing. The other time is spent running errands with my child in tow while my partner is working or on a bike ride, right? So that is the only time I might have to have the opportunity to hit up a shop. And that's assuming they are actually open at all, which might not be the case, especially if it's like a Sunday morning. So point being, if you're a parent, it might be very hard to get to a shop without a child. So how can retailers make shopping with a child a better experience. In the past, we've discussed a number of ways here that, that we can make retail spaces better sort of generally and the importance of doing so given the competition from the internet, right? 
But, you know, as I was sitting there with my child, like hanging around my neck, it occurred to me that there are likely some strategies to address the specific experiences of shopping with children and like helping parents get what they need and also hopefully leading to more sales for retailers as well. So first, open earlier or later. <laughs> Perhaps you can't do this every day of the week. And of course, this can be a drag for employees who want to sleep in or who have like things to do in the evening. Totally get that. But if you can manage it once or twice a week, it would give busy parents additional hours to get there potentially without their children. So that would be useful. Two, keep expensive items out of reach. So if you're a parent trying to shop, it's hard to focus on what you're looking for while watching your child out of the side of your eye to make sure they're not going to knock over some like $10,000 less Paul or whatever. That is stressful for employees and it's stressful for parents, right? And so as a preventative measure, it can help to just like move things out of the way that you're specifically nervous about. Three, have some sort of like amenities on hand, right? For kids and for parents. So for infants, like having some sort of small rocker or some something available like that that you can buckle a child into is great. Um, if, the, if the parent drove a car, they might be able to just use their car seat. But if they walked, they might, you know, have their child on their physical person, having a place to put the child while you're trying to like, you know, try things out or even like, you know, check out can be real helpful. So having snacks on hand could be good ones that don't make a mess. So you don't have to vacuum it up. Uh, or the kids don't get like sticky stuff on, on, on your gear. You don't want that either. You know, you can offer kids like stickers or small toys to get them excited. Uh, <laughs> when we go to Trader Joe's and they give my kids stickers, it's like the best thing that's ever happened to him. He gets very excited. So anyway, sometimes these small things can make a big difference to kids, to their parents, like to show that you actually care. People are going to remember this, right? Number four, protect the ears. Having ear protection available for babies and kids who might need it can be useful, right? So if they aren't used to it, it you know, being in a space where it's that loud might even like startle them. They could start crying in addition to obviously causing some sort of hearing damage and nobody wants any of that, right? Five, create a play zone. So this doesn't have to be like a giant space with a ball pit or something, but if you have the space, a small designated kids area can help keep kids occupied, occupied where their parents are busy. It can be like as big or as small as you can manage and can include some toys or even some instruments. And if you're worried about it being too loud or distracting, it could be in a separated area, though that might require you to hire someone to cover childcare or something. And that might not be manageable for you or maybe it will up to you. But if you can if you can swing it, that's great. And, you know, a fun experience for kids is the concept of having some sort of like instrument petting zoo, which is basically like a bunch of instruments that they can try out. And this can also help spark their interest in music too, right? So and if you offer lessons, it's easy to connect the dots there as well. So, you know, right now, obviously, COVID is an issue as well and a concern for folks. But, you know, that's not going to be forever. And, you know, hopefully that, you know, creating this space is going to be a larger benefit. Six, online updates. Since parents are often strapped for time, and let's be honest, <laughs> being a parent is expensive too. Kids cost a lot of money. They often do shop online first and often compare online as well. And if you regularly update your website, social media, Reverb Store, it will help folks to know what you have in stock, what it costs, whether they should spend their time and money stopping by there in the first place. Like it's, it's important for folks to know um, if you're actually going to have what they want. Um, and sometimes just like adding those little updates can be a big help. Seven, 
curbside pickup. So the pandemic has also helped many retailers to understand the benefits of curbside pickup, which can be a boon for parents who just need a quick, you know, quick thing like picks or sticks or, you know, strings or something like that. But they don't want to have to like unbuckle their kid or their multiple kids from the car seat to like bring them inside, keep them occupied, occupied while they're making their purchase. And did you know in Rhode Island, for example, it's illegal to leave your kid in the car under the age of 12. It's true. So uh, it's a real pain to have to do that for a small purchase like that. So curbside pickup can be great as well. So these are just a few ideas for brick and mortar retailers that can help retain parents as customers. Unfortunately, once their child is born, parents may move to online retail. And if the benefits of brick and mortar don't outweigh the negatives, they may just move to online purchasing permanently. And, you know, I recognize that not all retailers want children in their stores. And, you know, while I understand that it is a pain, it is also a pain to lose customers. Some parents, you know, take a break from music when they have young children. Um, but this is a time when they might need the outlet music provides more than ever. And you can actually help with that. So following these recommendations can be generally, a, you know, a net positive for musician parents of all genders who simply want to try out a cool new pedal, a cymbal, a synth, whatever you have to share. And, you know, hopefully the goodwill that you build up by creating a positive experience for parent customers will keep them coming back when their kids are actually looking for their first guitar too, right? So this is, it keeps moving. So it's in the best interest of retailers to support parents and, you know, for manufacturers to encourage retailers to do so as well. All right. So if you enjoy the podcast, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts so other people can hear it. And definitely stay in touch with Midriff on Instagram, um, our newsletter. There's, there's just so much to give. The show notes have all the information. All right. Thanks so much. 